What is up, guys? So before we start the show today, I want to take a little bit of time to tell you about something I hold very near and dear to my heart, and that is Social X. Social X is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures, and their weekly mastermind calls feature top business moguls and entrepreneurs from various industries. They have online courses, they have amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, and much, much more. Now, if you're interested in learning more about Social X, go ahead and go to socialxmastermind.com. And uh, let them know you came from this podcast. And, you know, I really genuinely believe you should join this mastermind because honestly, without it, this podcast would not exist. So go ahead, come join me within the Social X Mastermind. And let's go ahead and get on with the show. Welcome to the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show, where we speak with elite individuals and top performers and sing what it takes to stay healthy and get wealthy. Are you ready to be elite? Are you ready to be part of the 1%? Well, then without further ado, let's get it. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. I'm your host, Chase Henderfit, and today we have another elite individual on the show. I'm actually super pumped about this one because he's one of my favorite influencers on Instagram. He is another fellow online trainer, but he is massive with half a million uh, followers on Instagram, and he was a formal personal trainer to Gary Vaynerchuk. We have Mr. Jordan Syatt on the show today. Mr. Syatt, how are you doing today? I'm well, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. So for those of you who do not know who you are, Mr. Syatt, which I highly doubt there's anybody that doesn't know who you are, but you know, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about you know, what really got you into fitness and what's brought you to where you are today? For sure, man. And just You can call me Jordan. Like, it's totally fine. You don't got to call me Mr. Syatt. Um, so I mean, I got into fitness just from wrestling. I started wrestling when I was eight years old. And uh, I made varsity as a freshman, so I had to cut from 112 pounds to 130 pounds every week. Um, and as a wrestler at that point, I was good technically and endurance-wise, but as like a 13, 14-year-old kid going against 16, 17, 18-year-olds, I didn't have enough strength. So I was like, okay, well, how am I going to get stronger while losing fat and getting leaner at the same time? So I ended up applying to a gym near me just like to intern. I was like, I'll take the trash out. I'll clean the floors. Just let me be there and learn. And fortunately, it was a very science-based gym. And the coaches were super kind and generous with their time. And they took me under their wing. And that's sort of what thrust me in the industry at a very young age. Gotcha, gotcha. And then from there, you know, you developed that passion for fitness. And now it's really exploded into this kind of fitness empire on online. You know, what really led you to really push that movement forward and what's really made you stand out from the crowd? Um, I mean, honestly, I just, I loved coaching people. I really enjoyed coaching people. And so what happened was when I got to college, I was competing in powerlifting and I started my website, which I didn't realize was going to be a business. I didn't know a business was possible from it. So like I just started a website and I was writing articles and, and making YouTube videos and over time, people would ask me to write their programs and do their nutrition and their workouts for them. And I would do that for free. I didn't know PayPal existed. I didn't know like an online business was a thing. This is like 2011. There were very few people, if anyone was doing online coaching at the time, until uh, by the time, like there was a certain point where I just couldn't take on more people for free. So I found out about PayPal and I started coaching people. And, um, and that was pretty much it. And it just, by the time I graduated, I had a self-sustaining online business and it just went from there. 
That's incredible. So what, what was it about, you know, your, I guess, results in your business to where you were able to kind of really push out and really stand out from the crowd and, you know, get these people kind of like Gary Vaynerchuk to be one of your clients. What was it that really set you apart from that and really, you know, made you stand out to these types of people? The biggest thing I think was just number one, how consistent I was, which is how consistently I was putting out content every single day. Uh, I've been putting out content every day since 2011. Uh, since like mid July, 2011, I've been putting out content nonstop. Wow. And, uh, and in addition to that, it wasn't just that I was putting out content, but that it was, it was simple and easy to understand and practically applicable, applicable content. So like, I didn't spend much time trying to impress people with like big words or trying to, trying to like get people to buy my programs. It was mostly just like, Hey, here's the truth about training and nutrition and mindset. And here's how you can use it to improve your life. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, I love, absolutely love the content on your page. Cause it's, I've, I've seen a lot of from your Instagram stories as well. Some people just like follow along with your content and they get results. So it's not a matter of like, you're not really trying to push it out. You're putting out content to help people, which I think is the big differentiator from a lot of other people in the fitness space. You know, you see these people who put on like their shirtless photos and like they got the six pack abs or you have the girls with a nice ass. And it's just like, you know, they're really trying to put on an image as opposed to, you know, what you're doing, which is really putting a lot of content and a lot of value within your posts. Yeah, I, I think that's really it. I, I haven't spent much time. I mean, if you look back in my earlier posts in like probably like 2013, 2014, and then early 2015, when I was competing in powerlifting, and I, I fortunately did very well in powerlifting, I competed at, at an elite level. A lot of my content was based around um, showcasing my strength and like what I was what I was good at and what I was competing in. Um, but since then, since I retired from powerlifting, there was I realized showing people how strong I was or how fit I was, was more of an ego stroke than anything else. And uh, if I really wanted to help people, then I needed to put out content that was going to help people and not uplift myself. Right. Absolutely. Just putting out a ton of free content too. Cause I feel like a lot of people when they get in this space is that they feel they need to reserve a lot. So they don't want to give away everything. Cause if they give away everything, then people won't want to work with them. You know, how do you, how do you manage to put out so much great content where people can literally get results off your page but then still get people who want to work with you past that. The idea that putting out everything is going to make people not want to hire you is so completely ass backwards. It, it makes zero sense. The reality is the more you put out and the more you tell people, the more they're going to want to work with you because think of it like this. Everybody knows what they need to do. Everybody knows they need to work out. Everybody knows they need to eat more fruits and vegetables and more and drink more water. Like everyone knows that, but they're still not doing it. So it's not that pe people aren't paying for information. They're paying for accountability and for structure. They're paying for someone they trust to help them along the way. And the only way that they're going to trust you is if you teach them everything they need to know. And, and the reality is like, they're just paying for you to be their support system. They're not paying for you to teach them much more. Right. Which I think is absolutely true. You know, cause people, like you said, people know what to do, but they need someone to help push, you know, coach them through what they need to do so that they know for a fact that they're doing the right things, but also that somebody's got their back, you know, someone's pushing them all the way through. And one of the things I've really noticed with when it comes to you and your clients is that, you know, it seems that they're very compliant, which is, I know now me being in the online space and then, uh, you know, me being in the space where I know a lot of other people in the in-person space. One of the things that's really hard is they get, you know, your clients to really do a lot of what you say, you know, it's very hard to kind of keep them consistent. What are some of those things that really help you kind of help your clients stay consistent despite whatever might be going on with them in their life? 
the main thing that, that I would say helps people stay consistent is not allowing them to use any failures or screw ups as a justification for, for continuing to fail and screw up. Uh, a lot of people, they'll go off track or they'll eat too many calories or they'll go on vacation or the scale will go up on any given day and they'll feel like they fucked up. They'll feel like a failure. They feel like it's not working. And most people, when that happens, they use that as a justification for, to stop trying altogether. And your job as a coach isn't necessarily to give someone the perfect program as much as it is to not allow them to be inconsistent when they want to be. Gotcha. And so like, what kind of like, when, when you have a client that's going through and being inconsistent, you really want to push that message for them to not be inconsistent. What's, what, what are some of those things that you say, or how do you present yourself within those situations to really get them back on track? The number one is like from the very beginning, the first, the first message I, of communication I have with the client is a video preparing them for what's going to happen. Basically saying there will be days when you go over your calories. There will be days when you don't follow the program. There will be days when you're inconsistent. There will be days when you're going to have fuck ups, but no matter what happens, you cannot use that as an excuse to keep fucking up. As long as you get right back on track, you're good. You're never more than one bite away from being back on track. And, and sort of giving them examples just for logic, for the sake of logic, like no one ever got skinny from eating one salad and no one ever got fat from having one slice of cake. No one ever got jacked from, from crushing one workout and no one ever lost all their strength and progress from missing one workout. And sort of putting things in those terms allows people to be more logical with themselves and not be as hard on themselves so they can actually do what they need to do to stay consistent rather than just saying, ah, fuck it as soon as they go off track once. Right. I think that's you literally, yeah, I had another question, but you answered it right there perfectly is that you know, a lot of people, they feel like when they mess up once it's over, but that's not the case. You know, it's, you know, there's a delay with everything. So when you go work out, there's a delay when it comes to strengthening the body again, when you're fueling your body again. So it's all a matter of just taking those little 1% steps on a daily basis as best as you can. Cause in the long term, it's all, it's all going to add up, you know, depending on whether you do something good or whether you do something bad. You know, what are some of those things, uh, you know, since it's a young, healthy, wealthy show, we should put a little bit of health into this. What are some of those things you tell your clients that are really key to when it comes to, you know, maybe somebody wants to actually, this is on your page a lot. Somebody wants to lose weight. Somebody wants to shred up a little bit and they've been overweight for a little bit. What were some of those things that you tell them to do? Uh, number one, I would say is count your calories. Yeah. Just like track how many calories you're eating. And even if you don't want to count them yet, start by just writing down everything you eat. Like if someone is, is very, very overweight and they have a lot to lose and they don't know where to begin, literally just write down everything you eat during the day. You don't even have to count how many calories are in it. Just write it all down. Because usually what will happen is when you're writing it down, you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Like I didn't realize that I ate all of that shit. Um, and it, most of it is just awareness, right? Just staring you back in the face. It's one of the reasons why people don't weigh themselves. People don't weigh themselves because they don't like what they're going to see. So they don't want to put themselves in that situation where it's like if they're very, very overweight and they step on the scale, they're not going to be happy with that. So it's just easier to avoid it than it is to actually face it. So another thing that I like to have people do is weigh themselves. There's a specific reason why people, and if you look in the research, this is very clear. People who consistently weigh themselves statistically have a far healthier body weight and have a healthier like overall relationship with food and a relationship with exercise, but have a far healthier body weight just because usually that scale acts as a form of accountability. And the people who don't weigh themselves consistently are usually the ones who are avoiding it rather than just strategically not using it. 
So I like tracking your calories, tracking the food you're eating, tracking your weight. And it's literally just making yourself more aware of everything that you're doing because so much of what people do in regard to health and fitness is they're unaware. They're unaware of how little they're moving. They're unaware of how much they're eating. They're unaware of, of how they're actually treating themselves. It's just they're going through their daily habits. And until you are aware of your daily habits, then you can't do anything to change them. Right. Absolutely. Whatever you, you know, measure, you manage, whatever gets managed gets promoted. You know, that's that, those are the things that really move the needle forward. So kind of going on the whole health route here, you know, one of the big things when it comes to losing weight is, you know, counting your calories, but you also did a challenge recently, which I thought was hilarious. And I thought was amazing was the Big Mac challenge. You know, what, was, what was the thought process behind that? And there was a lot, a lot of thought process behind it. The main thing was most people who fail with their diets think that as soon as they have one quote unquote bad food, they fucked it up. They think that as soon as they have one slice of pizza, they have one slice of cake, one cheeseburger, it's done, it's over, they screwed up. And I wanted to show people that not only can you have those things and not lose progress, but you can actually include those things and continue to make progress as long as the things that are uh, most important are accounted for, which is your total calories and your protein and your strength training. And as long as those are accounted for, you're good. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be fun. It doesn't mean it's going to be like a, a rainbow sparkles process, but like it's going to be very doable if you're consistent with it. And, and that's really it. And my goal wasn't to get people to eat a Big Mac every fucking day. My goal was to get people to realize that when you do have one of those treats or one Big Mac or you have a slice of pizza or a cake or whatever, that you just you realize you didn't screw anything up. And you just get back on track. Absolutely. Again, it goes to that whole, like, there's a delay. Like, as long as you're doing the right things the majority of the time, you know, you're going to see some results in the end. Um, you know, one of the big things that I really see within when it comes to your co your content and your training is the word consistency. How do you promote that consistency within individuals? Because a lot of people they'll go through phases. You know, they'll go to the gym for maybe a month and then they fall off for another month, and then they'll go for a week and they fall off for a couple of days, and they go for another two weeks. You know, that whole back and forth. How do you promote that consistency within someone? So it's it's a lot about tracking data, right? About just like helping them be aware of it, so people will. I mean, even more on like, you mentioned like the month to month, but like a lot of people on a, on a week to week basis, the schedule is Monday through Thursday, hard as fuck with their nutrition. And then Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, they're like, ah, fuck it. I screwed up. So I'm just going to get back on track on Monday. Right. But all they remember is going hard as fuck Monday through Thursday because they, they didn't go out to eat or get drinks. They like refrained from having the chips and guac. They prepped all their meals Monday through Thursday. They put a ton of time and effort into it. And they don't realize how much they're setting themselves back by completely saying, fuck it on the weekend. So for me, one thing that I started to have people do is have a calendar. And on the calendar, for every day that you hit your calories and protein on point, you put a red X. And for every day that you don't, you put a black circle. And for me, number one is like, try not to have two black circle days in a row. But it, equally, if not more important, is at the end of the month, count how many red X days you have and how many black circle days you have. If your ratio is 80-20 or better, then you made progress, guaranteed, honestly. If your ratio is less than 80-20, if it's 70-30 or 60-40 or whatever, you do not deserve to be upset at your lack of progress. Absolutely. I mean, I love that process. I haven't thought about that before, you know, doing the X's and O's. I mean, it's really 
I mean, literally your whole process is just being aware. It's all self-awareness. It's all being, it's putting everything in front of your face and seeing what it is that's moving the needle and what can you do to move that needle even more. That's absolutely, I love that training style. Um, so now kind of delving more into, um, I, I mean, I know you've talked a lot about this on social media, but what was it like working with Gary Vee? I mean, that's definitely something a lot of people must ask you about. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the more common questions that people ask me. It was, it was crazy, man. It was insane. It was seven days a week, three years straight, like literally seven days a week. I don't think a lot of people, people hear that. They're like, Oh man, that must've been so fucking cool. And it's like, it's only an hour of your day. It's like, imagine like being on call seven days a week for three years straight. You don't get any weekends. You don't get any holidays wherever he is. You are. So if you're in Hong Kong, if he's in Hong Kong, you're in Hong Kong. If he's in LA, you're in LA. If he's in Germany, you're in Germany, wherever he goes, you go. And, um, people, it's like, they're, Oh, it's only an hour a day. It's like, okay. Like how tired do you get after one plane trip? Like packing up your bag, going to the airport, going through TSA, going through all that shit. It's like, that was every single week for three years straight. So, uh, it was a blessing. It was wonderful working with him. And he's a, he's a tremendous guy. I respect him it, like outrageously and I admire him tremendously. Um, but it was an outrageously crazy three years. Gotcha. Yeah. So what, what was like, what was your mindset throughout the entirety of that? Cause I mean, like you said, it's very demanding to have to be on call seven days a week. You know, if he's in Hong Kong, you're in Hong Kong. What was, what was going through your head throughout the entirety of that, that scenario? Man, if I could encapsulate that into a, single sentence I, I don't I don't even understand how I could possibly do that that'd be crazy <laughs> I mean, there was a lot going through my head in the first six months I almost quit three times um just because it was outrageously intense much more than I anticipated and had bargained for um and and I mean by the end of it I was incredibly happy that I stuck with it and stayed through it but um you know it was it was insane I think parts of it were some of the highest highs of my life also some of the lowest lows and um, really learning, I think, like, for that, as a coach, it was very difficult for me, because I had spent my entire life from eight years old until 25 years old, massively focused on my own personal fitness, like, I had never missed, I had not never, like, from, from 18 to 24, I had never missed a workout. I worked out four days a week. I didn't miss a single workout in that time frame. Um, and then like after I had my last powerlifting competition, I got a little bit more lax, but I was still very, very consistent. But once I started with Gary traveling all over the place and really prioritizing him over everything else, my own fitness started to go to shit. So it was a very difficult process mentally and emotionally to, to overcome in terms of, all right, I've got to get used to understanding that my, I'm not going to be at an elite peak physical condition like I have been for the last decade plus of my life. I'm going to have to be okay with just being more of an average Joe in terms of health and fitness. And then once it's all over, getting back into it from there. Gotcha. How do, how do you kind of, I'm trying to, trying to think how to put this. Like, how do you, how do you, if someone were to ask you, you know, you're going down this route where you just, you know, constantly on the move, constantly working, constantly training, you know, now that you've gone through that experience, how would you explain to somebody else? Maybe they're going through some sort of experience like that as well. Maybe they have a ton of in-person clients or they've got a ton of online clients, whatever it might be. Where do you find that balance to be able to realize, you know, at the end of the day, you get to take care of yourself, but you also take, have to take care of your clients. Where's, where's that balance lie? Man, I really don't think that uh, I, the way that I look at balance is, in order to reach a period in which like you can actually be balanced, 
you have to go through periods in which you're very unbalanced. In order to know where your line is, you have to toe the line. Sometimes you have to go over the line. Um, I mean, this happens with people in fitness all the time. I'd say probably most people in fitness, most fitness professionals have gone, have been in the extremes of, of fitness and nutrition. I, there are some people who are morbidly obese and they lost hundreds of pounds. Um, there are some people who had or have severe disordered eating habits, anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder. Um, and it's going through those outrageous extremes that gets them so passionate about making sure no one goes through it, through it again. So like that, and they want to help people with it. So, I mean, same thing with, with business, right? Where it's like when I was with Gary, it's like uh, trying to figure out my own personal fitness, trying to figure out my business, trying to figure out my life. Like, where's the balance? I mean, I, I definitely uh, made and lost a fair few friendships and relationships over that time frame because I was so focused on Gary and, and my business that I couldn't give other people the attention they needed. Um, and so it was without question, severely unbalanced, but it was through that unbalanced period that I'm able to come back now and find more balance. Right. I, I love that because yeah, I know within my own fitness journey and the fitness journey of others that I've helped as well is that there are highs and there are lows, but it's a matter of, doesn't matter if you're going through a high, you're going through a low, you still have to push forward and make sure that you are attempting to become the best version of yourself, no matter what stage of life you're in, you know, and then past that, what are some of the, you know, I mean, the, the phase of your life where you were working with Gary, that's a hectic time for sure. What are some of the key concepts and key things that you learned about not only just, you know, fitness or business, but also about yourself. Um, man, but I would say, I would say I realized that I realized what it meant to like truly work as hard as you possibly can. Um, I pushed my mind and my body to like the extremes of, of working like, far beyond what is remotely healthy in any way like like the depths of of lack of sleep um and like just and everything that comes with that like bullshit nutrition very little exercise uh in order to spend as much time as i possibly could on my business um and i mean that's very much my personality that's how i was with wrestling that's how i was with powerlifting that's how i am with business um every, and it's one of those things where when you're really, 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 really passionate about something, you're going to do shit so intensely that other people are going to be like, that isn't healthy. And it's like, I don't think any elite athlete has a healthy relationship with their, with their sport. Like they're training every day. It's like, they're doing things at a very, 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 it's not like a balanced level. You know, you look like at a, at a, at a pitcher, right? They're throwing at speeds that are just outrageous amount of speeds on their shoulder. Like their, their shoulders have so much external rotation going on. It's like, if you look at that from a general health perspective, it's so far beyond what would be a remotely uh, healthy relationship with their shoulder to elbow. It's like, it's, it's not, it's not good for their shoulders. It's good for the elbows. A lot of, a lot of pitchers need to get Tommy John surgery just to stay healthy on the mouth. It's like, you need to get your arm cut open in order to stay healthy to do your job. It doesn't make sense. So a lot of people at a very high level are doing things that are outrageously unhealthy, whether it's not sleeping enough or overtraining their body or, or doing things just 
too much in order to be called healthy. But I think that that's what people oftentimes do for either for short periods of time or for long periods of time in order to achieve their goals. And again, I think the important distinction to make is it doesn't mean that it's healthy, but it does mean that if it's important to you, then, then you can find a way to do it. Absolutely. And there's another thing on that too, because, you know, when it comes to finding your own, I guess, balance, you know, everybody's different. You know, like you said, you have the, the pro athletes or the, pre, the people who are like super into fitness, they go all in and put a lot of their time in where it looks like it's obsessive, but you know, to them, it might feel normal. Like this is what I need to do. Cause I feel like there's a lot of people who, you know, maybe they're an online trainer or maybe they're starting their own business or maybe they're going down their own fitness path and they feel like there's a certain level that needs to be reached or not passed. So it's, I feel like there's this uh, relationship where people feel like they can't be too obsessive, but they can't be not obsessive. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but you know, it's like, it's about finding, you know, what you feel is right in the end, what level you feel is the right level of intensity to go down. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of people feeling like they don't know if they have enough work life balance or, or balance in general is because of some fucking person on Instagram who's saying it's all about balance. And like, they don't, that person on Instagram is like posting that, like the picture on a beach that they edited that like doesn't actually look like them. And they're doing it from a place of like their entire ego and sense of self-worth is based on how many likes they get on that picture. And it's like, who the fuck is here to tell you what balance is? Like balance is different for every single person at every different stage of their life. And I don't think anybody has ever been like truly balanced if we like there's I don't think balance exists I think balance is going to change and it's going to be altered based on who you are where you are in your life what your goals are and the reality is I think the people who are the happiest are the ones who are spending more time doing the things they love and less time doing the things they don't love which inherently in and of itself is unbalanced boom I wish I had like a little bomb um sound just go that's a value bomb right there (laughs) that's awesome i love that so of your entire career thus far is there anything that you would have done different is there anything i would have done different um let's see i would have i would have spent less time trying to pander to other coaches and more time trying to help the people who need it most. I think it's what I eventually found and got into, but I'd say for the first probably three years, I spent too much of my time making content to impress other coaches and make them think that I was smart rather than making content deliberately for the people who need it most and to really make it more accessible for them. Another bomb right there. That that was fantastic because I know – when it first came to me putting out stuff, like I felt that everything I had had to be, you know, scientifically cited, or I had to, you know, make sound, put it in a way to where I wouldn't have other people who are also in the fitness industry message and be like, oh no, that's wrong. This isn't that. But at the end of the day, like you have to make the content for the people that you're helping. You have to make the content for the person that eventually is going to want to, you know, work with you and, you know, want to change their life and have you help them change their life. As that's you- exactly right. This, the other coaches aren't going to be the ones paying you and their opinions are worth shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so let's say that you're, you know, you're talking to someone, they're starting out as a coach, whether it be in person or online, whatever it might be. What are some of those key things that you would tell them, you know, besides the pandering thing, let's say they understand that. What are some of those key things that you would tell them in order to help them set them up for success in, within their field? For coaches specifically? For coaches specifically, yes. I would say 
coaching people in person will make you a better online coach, but coaching people online will not make you a better in-person coach. I think a lot of kids these days, a lot of coaches these days are, are trying to get into online coaching before they spent a meaningful amount of time coaching people in person and they're setting themselves up for failure and they're setting their clients up for a lot of failure as well because when you go straight to online coaching, there's so much that you miss. There's so much that you, that you don't understand that you're going to get from in-person coaching. And a lot of the kids that I talk to and the, the people that I talk to who just want to get into online coaching, they'll hear this and they'll sort of be like, ah, oh, yeah, no, that's not really for me or whatever. Like they'll sort of like just brush it off. Like they won't really pay attention to it. I swear to God. And I put this on my life that if you coach people in person, you will be an exponentially better coach. And not only that, your content will be exponentially better because the things that you can learn and take away from coaching people in person will translate far better into online content that people can relate to and understand that you will not get if you only coach people online. Another bomb right there. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. Gosh, that's incredible. You know, Jordan, this has been an incredible episode. Thank you so much. Um, I got one last question for you. So let's say that you were the one running this interview, right? But you were interviewing you. What would you ask? If I was interviewing myself, what would I ask? Oh, man. I would say, have I done everything in my power to make myself proud today? In which case, I would say, not 100%, but I would say 90% yes, I've, done, I've made myself proud today. 90%? Why, why only 90%? Because there's always more. There's always more I could have done. You know, there was always more, more time I could have spent. You know, I, I probably had enough time to make an Instagram post today, but I haven't done that yet. I put it off. I was just sort of fucking around with Rico and my buddy Mike. So uh, put that off in between because I had a podcast and I had a call. Then I had this podcast. And in that white space between this podcast and the call, I could have done the, done the Instagram post, but I didn't. So um, I'll just, I'll, I'll do it, but like, it could have been time later that I could have spent doing something else. There's that 10% where I could have improved. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Amazing advice on the show here. It's so much value, Mr. Or Jordan. There we go. Jordan, <laughs> thank you so much for going on the show. Uh, if anybody wants to connect with you or kind of work with you, how can they go about doing so? Yeah, man, just, I have a lot on YouTube. You can search my name, Jordan Syatt, S-Y-A-T-T, Instagram, Jordan Syatt, my own podcast, Site Fitness Mini Podcast. And if you just Google my name, Jordan Syatt, you're going to find a lot. Perfect. Awesome. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And everybody, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Young, Healthy, Wealthy Show. And until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Young, Healthy, and Wealthy Show. My name is Chase Henderfit. I am your host. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to DM me on Instagram at Chase underscore Henderfit. And I have one favor to ask. Please just share this episode with one person. You never know who it could help impact. And if you share it on your Instagram story, I'll repost it on mine. So until next time, stay healthy, get wealthy.